Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Good morning, church. Doing well? It's so awesome to see faces, right? It's my first Sunday since we don't have any mask laws or whatever you call them. All of you, all of you watching on law, uh, on law, online, <laughs> great to have you here. It's so good to be able to do church. Um, we had the young adults here yesterday. They had kind of a conference. It was so nice just to see them hang around in the building and all the different uh, ministries that are starting back. So we invite you to sign up to all of that. Ladies' morning last Wednesday it was great to see the ladies in the house. So. Yeah, so may we take, uh, may we jump in, take advantage of everything that we offer so that we would all grow together and also become disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? Just before I go to the Word, we have a devotional that we want you to take. Uh, I know that we gave a lot in the early, in the early service, so there, there should be some left. That's a devotion, a devotional, uh, an Easter devotional, 21 days, so I invite you to take a look at it. Also... Um, we're having nominations uh, for elder, two elder positions. So we invite you to look at the, um, uh, it's called, what's it called now? Uh, well, it used to be called the e-bulletin. Uh, so it's called, what's it called? The GMC Weekly, forget, I, I know it changed last week. So take a look at that. We'll have more announcement when it comes to uh, the nomination for elder positions. Very good. So what I ask you to stand, we'll go to his word. Father God, I thank you so much for the privilege we have to be here, and uh, for all those watching online, we pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would have your way in this place. Mm, you're so amazing, and what we want to experience, uh, it's, to, it's to experience you and experience your word in a personal way this morning. So I just pray that you would come and, and minister to each person, that you would bring enlightenment to every heart, that you would reveal yourself as you do so well. You know exactly where we are. You see our needs. And uh, you know where you want to lead us. And so we want, to, we want to be open and vulnerable to what you want to say and what you want to do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we are starting this series, Focus on Jesus, and the desire is to prepare ourselves for Easter that's coming up. And we'll have Good Friday and communion. It's going to be a great time. But what we want to do in the next few weeks is we want to focus on Jesus. And um, when it comes to the relationship we have with Jesus, it's pretty amazing because um, we know that the desire of God is to relate with us. And when we look at the Bible, there's different pictures or images that shows how God wants to relate with us. One of the pictures that you find that is kind of unique, it's Jesus calls us his bride and that we are in this relationship with Jesus. And for us guys, that may sound a little weird, right? Like, I am a bride. Uh, but the thought is, is that Jesus loves us to the point of laying his life down so that we can be reconciled with him. And Ephesians chapter 5 says, Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church he gave himself for her. And so, so when it comes to uh, this picture of us being married with Jesus or being in, in union with Jesus, it talks about his faithfulness. It talks about him being there and uh, that he is a God of covenant. And one day he's going to come back on a white horse and on his thigh is going to be written truth and faithful because he's a faithful 
Jesus. And so, so when we look at this picture of, of uh, faithfulness or this picture of God walking with us, we have to see ourselves as the bride and he is the groom. And so what we do is we're preparing ourselves for that awesome wedding day at one, at one point. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. He works and he changes us and he prepares us for that day. But the thought is that we are in union with Jesus. And that's one of the picture that we have when we look at Scripture. Another one is that we are his family. And that too is an amazing picture, right? That we are part of a family, that we were brought together. And this is a miracle of reconciliation that you find in the epistle of, of the Ephesians where um, Paul talks about we're all different, coming from different backgrounds, and Jesus is joining us together. But that's pretty awesome when you think that we are cohere with Christ, that we are joined with Christ, right? That we're part of the family, that we can sit at the table. Can you say that to your neighbor? That you can sit at the table. That you're welcome to sit at the table because of what Jesus did on Calvary. So it's pretty amazing to see this picture that we are one with Christ or we're unified with Christ. That we are the bride of Christ. But also that we are sons and daughters. And God is Abba. And, and we can sit at the table together. What a picture of grace. Beautiful picture. Another picture that you find in the Bible is that we are a temple. And that is, uh, again, to another level. That God comes and he inhabits us. He comes and he dwells in us. And that's pretty amazing. It's really even hard for us to grasp this thought that the God of the universe comes and makes us his temple. Can someone say, wow? It's unbelievable when you think about that, right? That he comes and he dwells with us, in us, I mean, and he inspires us, he speaks to us, he empowers us to do his will. It's so amazing when you understand that, that you're not doing life alone, but God dwells in you. And, and the potential of seeing the fruits and the gifts and, and the leading of the Spirit is so amazing. So that's one of the picture, one of the truth that God wants us to understand, that it's capital for us to do his work or to fulfill our mandate and be fruitful, we need to realize that God dwells in us. And that's what John said to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. She wanted to know where she should worship, in the temple or on the mountain, because being a Samaritan, she would worship on the mountain. And Jesus said, there's going to be a day where the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth, meaning that we are his habitation. So that is fantastic. There's another picture that you find in the Bible is that we are its flock and he is our shepherd. And I'd like to focus on that this morning that he is our shepherd and we are his sheep. Can someone say to your neighbor, I'm a sheep? Right? I, I, I'm a sheep and like I, I prefer to be the bride. I prefer to be uh, the body or, or, the, or, or the family or being the temple. But Jesus describes me as a sheep. And you know that sheep are not the most smart animal. They're cute though. Right? Would you agree with me that they are cute? 
nice little sheep, fluffy sheep, right? They're cute, but they're not as small, you know? And, and sometimes it's hard for us to see ourselves as sheep, but I think it's very important to see that. If I would tell you that it's important for you to see yourself as a bride when it comes to your union with Christ, you would agree. If I would say to you, is it important for us to see ourselves as a temple of the Holy Spirit, would you agree? Yeah. If I would tell you that, is it important for you, for you to, be, to see yourself as being part of the family of the body of Christ, you would say, yeah. But I think it's so important for us to realize and to see ourselves as sheep and that he is a shepherd. There's this relationship that we need to understand that we have with God, that he is my shepherd and I am a sheep. It doesn't matter how bulk you are as a sheep. It doesn't matter how how rich you are as a sheep, you might have a few extra bells on you that goes It doesn't matter how tall you are, you are as a sheep or how beautiful your, your wool is or how long your legs are or how fat or skinny you are. It doesn't really matter. The reality in the Bible is it says that we are all sheep. We're all sheep and he is the shepherd. And what Jesus wants to do, he wants to shepherd me and you. And it's so important for us not to lose track of that. So when Jesus came, he wanted us to make sure that we would understand that relationship that we have with him. It's like a shepherd and, and a sheep or, or, or sheep. And, and so it's important for us to realize that when it comes to living our life out and to be able to experience God to the fullness, we need to look at ourselves as sheep. And we need to look at God as our shepherd, all right? Huge thing. And I think sometimes we don't get that right. If you look at Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says, We all, all of us without exception, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on himself the iniquity of us all. So here we see that all of us as sheep, we went our own way. And, and you have also the picture of Jesus that goes and, and hunts down or, or seeks the one that was lost, right? And he talks to Israel, giving this picture that he is a good shepherd and he's searching for the lost sheep, meaning that we value to him and there's a search going on. And his search is to rescue and to save and you look in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, the heart of the shepherd in the Gospels. And he says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. That's the heart of the shepherd, has compassion on them because they were what? Harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So he saw the crowd that was harassed and helpless, that they were in need. And he came to meet that need. He came to stand in the gap. He came to rescue. Then he said to his disciple, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the field. And what we see is the heart of Jesus to see everyone be rescued, everyone be ministered to. And so that's the heart of the shepherd. You find also in Matthew chapter 12, verse 11, where the Pharisees, they want to they trick him or trap him, and they're asking him, should someone heal? Can so, it would, would it be okay for someone to be healed on the Sabbath? Actually, there was not a lot of healings in Jesus' time if it was not performed by Jesus. And Jesus replies to, this, to them in this way, in verse chapter 12, verse 11. 
He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it up, lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And what Jesus did, he took this guy that had a deformed hand and healed him. And so what we see in this picture, it's Jesus cares for humanity. And he approaches us like a shepherd. He approaches us as a shepherd where he wants to, uh, he wants to walk with us and he wants to shepherd us. Um, Jesus came to shepherd us. Why? Because we are sheep. We are sheep. You know, I can't lead myself. I'm a sheep. A sheep is called to be led. And I can't even feed myself. A sheep is known to be, let's say you put some sheep in, um, you put a fence and, and they are quarreled or they, they are in a place to eat where they're in a fence. They're going to eat all the grass and the roots and then they're going to start to eat their own excrement and they're going to die. That's what a sheep does. It, it can't even feed itself. It's totally dependent on the shepherd. And it can't protect himself, itself too against wolves. Uh, Sheep has a lot of need. They have weak eyes, or, and they need to have oil, ointment for their eyes. And when it comes to ticks, uh, when it comes to their wool, they're totally dependent on the shepherd. Amen. And so it's important for us when it comes to our life to realize that we are like sheep. We're dependent on God. And it's hard for us to understand that in this Western world, right? Where we are prosperous and, and, and we're doing well. It's hard for us to realize that God wants to shepherd us and we need to see ourselves as sheep. And the only way that we will see God shepherd us is when we understand that we are sheep, that we need to be led, that we need to be fed, that we need to be protected. And one of the problems that we face is we try to feed ourselves, we try to lead ourselves, we try to protect ourselves, and this is why we're so worn out. This is why we get so tired. This is why we're burnt out. This is why there's so much depression and so much stress and anxiety is because we lost this relationship with God as shepherd and sheep. You see? It, it, there's nothing wrong to admit that you're a sheep, right? To say that I, like I said a while ago, to say that I'm the bride of Christ, woohoo! The temple, wow! The body and, and, and the family of God, wow! But I need to admit that I'm weak on my own. Amen. I need to realize that I'm lost on my own, that the lost sheep, uh, it, it's not worse than me. That I'm like that if I walk away from him and I go on my own, I will find myself lost too. So I need the shepherd in my life. Can you tell your neighbor that you need the shepherd? You need the shepherd. I'd like to focus on John 10 and, and Psalm 23. What, does we, what are we called to know about the shepherd? Well, number one, he came so I can have life to the fullest. That's what he came to do. In John chapter 10, verse 9, it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I will he will come in and out and find pastor. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you, have, that you may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He doesn't say, like, I'm like a shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays, li his, lays down his life for his sheep. 
So what we see here is that Jesus is the door, and the only way to go to Father, it's by him, that he is the door by, by whom I can approach the Father, and the only way that happened is for him to lay his life down, and that's what he says here. He says that he lays his life down so that we can be reconciled in life to the fullest is in the Father when we accept him in our lives and when we follow his ways, when we live under him. And, and, but what Jesus wants to also say that he is the gate, it's through him that we can experience life to the fullest, but he also talks about that he wants to shepherd me and you. He really does. And the question is, will I let him shepherd me? Will I let him uh, take care of me? And, and, and you see in Psalm 23, there's a snapshot of that of what it is to have life to the fullest. It's like living life in a world that has challenges, but being found in him. You know what I mean? It would be nice if I would be able to preach to say, there's no issues in life, everything is going to be peachy and fine, and it's going to be glorious and no issues. But we, we know the reality that's not the case. But in Psalm 23, we see David, and we look at his journey, and it was not an easy journey, but we, what we see we see him picturing his God as the one that shepherded him through that journey. And look what he says. Psalm 23, verse 1. He says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall, not, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. What's amazing with the start, it says that he is my shepherd. And Jesus wants to be personal. He wants to be your shepherd. Like, he, he wants to be in your life. He wants to be part of your life. He wants to feed you. He wants to lead you. He wants to protect you. You. He wants to be a personal shepherd, okay? And that's pretty amazing. And, and so we want to say yes to that. I, I, I think I need to live with that expectation. Imagine if me and you would see ourselves as sheep realizing that we're dependent on him, realizing that we can't do it on our own, and we would live with this understanding, and we would see God as my shepherd that takes care of me, that will feed me, will protect me, will walk with me, will lead me, how life would be way easier, right? And so my job this morning it's to just inspire you to make you realize that you have to build that kind of relationship with them as a sheep should have with our shepherd and that's who Jesus is our shepherd so it says in verse 1 I shall not be in want meaning that he will meet my needs he will provide and then he says he makes me lie down in green pastures like he feeds us in green pastures and i like it's plural jesus brings us to uh, to uh, to one level to another level he leads us in green pastures and he says that he makes me lie down that's kind of funny right uh, what i didn't know is a sheep will eat and eat and eat and will not have time to digest and will get sick and so the shepherd has to force the sheep down so it can rest in the grass pretty funny I, I thought it was kind of funny right that's how stupid sheeps are right not sheeps my french kicked in right now that's how a sheep is right so it needs even the assistant of the shepherd to say you ate enough relax now pretty funny right and then it says he leads me beside quiet waters, and it's not fast water, it's quiet, so the sheep can be safe, because the sheep would, could fall in the water, could, could uh, drown because of, of its wool, so he leads me beside quiet waters. He knows exactly where I am, 
That's the beauty of it. He's my shepherd. He knows exactly what I need. He knows exactly what I'm going through. And we're not all in the same place in this journey of life. We're hoping, hopefully we're all going in the same direction. But we're in different places. And I need to believe that the shepherd will care for exactly where I am and be there for me for exactly what I need. And this is where it's a question of trust, right? It's a question of relying on the shepherd. And David goes a little further and he says, he restores my soul. And this is the difference here. He starts to talk about his heart. You know, David went through a rough patch. First of all, when Samuel went into Jesse's house, his dad's house was looking for the next king. So he looked at all the boys and he said, none of them will be the king. And David was not even brought in line because he was not even considered by his father. What about rejection, right? Got rejected there. And then he feel God's calling to go and fight Goliath, but there was no room for him because he was too young. And then again, rejected. We know the story that he was able to defeat Goliath. Then we look at the anointing of God on him to be the next king, and then jealousy from Saul, and he's hunted down for years by King Saul. Not an easy journey. And then he becomes king, then he has family issues where his son wanted to have his position, and, and he was hunted down again. What a crazy journey. And David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He restores my soul. You know what the shepherd wants to do? He wants to restore your heart. You know, like I said earlier, life is crazy. Life is difficult. There's a lot of curves, and, and it's challenging. And it's not, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it can't be uh, went through, or it cannot, you cannot go through it on your own. And so, so David says, the shepherd wants to restore my soul. And that's what God wants to do. The closer you get as a sheep to the shepherd, he'll restore your soul. And you, you got to see that God is able to restore your soul. Like whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever you're carrying in your marriage, in relationship with your kids, whatever it be, whatever it might be, your work, your business, one of the things you got to